I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mon speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. What a blessing to be with you by means of radio, the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, our fault for this particular time. Thank you for inviting us into your home, wherever you're listening from. And also special thanks to those who air our program as far as these stations uh, there around the U.S. and some other parts of uh, the world. Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to re- be reading verse 11 and verse 12. Uh, by the way, I forget to do so, but I do thank you for corresponding with us. A lot of folk have sent us emails, and we're we're just as um, near as your computer. If you have a computer, it's just F-O-M-M, F-O-M. M period dot O-R-G. That'll bring you directly to us here at Fishers of Men Ministries International. You can sort of browse around, look at some that. Don't look at the pictures, and uh, that'll scare you to death. Uh, if you'd like to write to us, and I love letters, and uh, in fact, sometimes they're just a little more personal, you know. If you call the station, they'll give you an address whereby you can correspond with us right here in the port of Bon Secours. Alabama. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 and verse 12. When I ask the question at this particular time, what are you learning in life? He said, why do you ask that? I've seen Christian people especially, ups and downs in life. And uh, lo and behold, the tests that they're given, they make bad grades. So they got to get the lesson all over again. They get the lesson again, and they take the test, and they fail it again. And it just seems like year after year after year, they just refuse to really learn. And yet, uh, here's here's sort of a promise here, something from the pen of uh, a man by the name of the Apostle Paul. He said this, not that I speak in respect of want. He says, for I have learned, my friend. So we can learn. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all these things, I am instructed. So we think about the learning process. It comes from people instructing us or things instructing us. And he said the ups and downs in life, the abase. He said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Up and down. The ups and downs in life, he says, I've been instructed. And this instruction, my friend, has had me to learn I have learned. And, of course, within the context of the passage, he said, I've learned contentment, something very few people know anything at all about. You know, that's one of the greatest things that you can learn. The Bible talks about godliness with contentment, the greatest gain you can ever have. Are you content? You can have contentment, my friend, if in the ups and downs of life, then that learning process, you look 
And it's sort of this. It's sort of, how do I put this? It sort of sharpens the old spiritual axe. And uh, thinking about the acts of the mind, you know, as far as our mind is concerned, when the circumstances of life, as they're filled with valuable lessons, and we learn these lessons, and we make good grades, then the Bible declares us W-I-S-E, wise. Are you a wise? Are you a wise person? I'm not talking about a wise, uh, smart aleck. <laughs> wise in that particular realm. I'm talking about the things in life that has come your way. My friend, have you learned from these? He said, I've learned, I've learned contentment. And once again, godliness with contentment is great gain. If you were to ask me, we'll continue along this particular line and say, Preacher, have you learned some things? I've learned a lot of things. Are there some things I still need to learn? Why, of course. I wish when I was in grade school many, many years ago, and uh, then thinking about college and, and seminary, I wish I had made all A's. If I'd have done that, and then I'd known everything. <laughs> would I not? No, I would not have known everything, but I would have known more than I do today. I didn't apply myself as I should, but I, I want to be... I want to be part of this learning process. Life is a continual learning process. And as you grow, especially as you live for God, you know, these things that we go through, these uh, uh, situations that we might call lessons that God gives us, and then the test for the lesson, I want to make, I want to make good grades. What have you learned? I've learned this. I've learned through life. I haven't understood everything in life. I've been in the ministry now for over 40 years. That says something about my age. And as far as life in general, I've learned this about living and serving God. I've learned this the most important thing I ever could do. But I've learned this about God. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3, in actuality, it says, God is faithful. It talks about to establish and keep you from evil. God is faithful. I haven't understood everything that God has done in life as far as, as, you know, he's looked my direction and some places he's led me and some things that I've been involved in. I hadn't understood all these things. The ups and downs in life, I have found this. Through it all, I've been compelled to say that God is faithful. He's been faithful in the matter of temptations in my life. First Corinthians chapter 10, remember verse 13, uh, there's no temptation taken you. Ah, it says, but it's common to man, but God is faithful. He's not going to suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But see, the, the problem there is, or the problem, the fault there is God is faithful, you know. It's not that we go through the temptation, it's God is faithful. Have you learned that God is faithful? All oh, first John chapter one, what is it? Verse nine. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I'm glad I found the faithfulness of God. Hebrews chapter two, verse seventeen. Of all thank the Lord for this, because of the adversary and what he'd like to do for us and with us, Jesus is described there as being a faithful high priest. He is my faithful high priest, my intercessor, my go between. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, he's called the faithful witness. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, you know, it just seems as if it's just a part of his name. He is actually faithfulness personified. If, if faithful 
if we could describe it as an individual, that would be God. God is faithful. Now, people are unfaithful. Oh, make sure as far as your eyes. Oh, you need to consider him. Uh, as far as your eyes is concerned, your eyes need to be focused upon, in fact, looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith. If you were to look my way sooner or later, I promise you, no matter how good a friend I would try to be to you, I'd prove to be unfaithful. People will be that. All oh, but God. But God is faithful. What have you learned in life? Oh, I hope I have a degree of contentment. What have you learned in life? I found that God was faithful in all situations. He is a holy God, and he knows exactly what I need. I have found this. I have found that the home is the most important institution on the face of the earth. Oh, good homes make up good churches. You know, bad homes could destroy a church, a bad home where a home was being destroyed, it actually could take and it could destroy a job. It could work to destroy a community, destroy a school. Actually, bad homes work to destroy countries, you know. Oh, the value of a good home. I found this. I found Satan put his foot in the first one. So it must have been God's. We think about the first institution that the Lord designed uh, was was the home. And uh, so important it was that, that, that Satan put his foot therein. You know, are you protecting your home? The value of a good home. Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 6. I wish I had time to read a lot of those verses. Ephesians 5 talks about the husband-wife relationship. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ loves the church. Ephesians chapter 6, what children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. The home is set up there. Ephesians 5 and 6 and all to keep it my friend. Ah, uh, to keep it healthy and strong. Home should be a bit of heaven. You ought to be able to take and run from this world as we have to labor and serve within it and run back to our houses and open the door. And it's like walking into the portals of glory. But the devil could make home a bit of hell, could he not? Work to cause home to be a place of divine relaxation, a place to unwind and be yourself, a place of of uh, love and a place of heart and a place of, what do we say, sunshine and darkness and hope and warmth and joy and happiness and patience and trust and training and discipline and prayer, a wonderful place to live. I want to be a home builder, not a home wrecker. Homes, they've been destroyed today. Do you remember when daycare centers were called homes, a daycare center. What is that? That is the home of a Bible-believing Christian. What have you learned, preacher? I learned God's faithful. What have you learned, preacher? I've learned the importance of a good home. What have you learned, preacher? I learned the satisfaction from service. You know, as far as Satan himself is concerned, he wants to take God's people and just keep them in turmoil consistently, no matter what is done. Proverbs chapter 13 uh, my friend, it talks about, we think about uh, peace and satisfaction from service. Chapter 13 and verse 9, it says this. It says, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. You know, if we do to the best of our ability, you know, thinking about laboring and serving God and doing it for his glory, my friend, God will give you a sweet feeling about that. Now, we don't live by our feelings, but all we understand. 
as we search through the scriptures and as we do what we should do, our labor is not in vain. Don't you understand? My labor is not in vain in the Lord. And as for serving the Lord, my friend, uh, 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week in my service for the Lord, the devil wants to take and pull from that any sense of satisfaction that God might give. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, Continue thou in the things that thou hast learned. So I'm going to continue knowing God is faithful. I'm going to continue knowing, my friend, as far as the home is concerned, it's a place that ought to be continually kept in peace and repair. As far as satisfaction from service, I'm going to continue to ask the Lord, Lord, please help me to learn serving you. Ah, as far as pleasure is concerned, brings great pleasure to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Many other things we could say we've learned. You know, I've learned the value of a good friend. Some say, I need no friends. Oh, that's not me. A friend can make the difference in a darkened hour. I'm glad we can all sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. But you know what the Lord will do? He'll bring to our side friends and people that can encourage us in hours where there's loneliness and sickness and trouble and burdens and darkness. I've had a friend just to grab me around over their arms and pull me close to themselves and said, listen, preacher, I'd offer some love and some comfort. Oh, I've earned the value of a good friend. More than that, the value of a friend that we find in Jesus Christ. Have you learned in life anything that is of great value? The writer says, for I have learned. He said, I am instructed the ups and downs in life. Give me great lessons. I have learned. Until next week, the same time, Fisher Munn saying goodbye.